This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. It is wonderful to have Mr. Dellingpod back with us again, James Dellingpod. James, thank you so much for your time today. Um, it's a pleasure, Peter. Great to have you. And obviously you can follow James. There is his Twitter handle and Dellingpod will bring up uh, everywhere and anywhere where the Dellingpod is, whether it's uh, audio, you listen on the go or whether you watch. Uh, I certainly enjoy it on Rumble, but I'll let the viewers and listeners choose their preferred platform to watch your many interviews. Now, James, I, I wanted to have you on, actually, as I mentioned to you before we went on, it was chatting to Dick at the uh, Comcast event at the beginning of the year, and the issue of faith came up uh, in one after one of the sessions over a few drinks. So I was curious and wanted you to come on. I know there's something you've talked about, but maybe yeah. if I can step back a little bit and ask you, what was your background kind of growing up in terms of faith in church? I have probably the classic um background for a certain kind of englishman let's say so i went to a prep school where we had chapel seven days a week twice on sundays and then i went to a public school where there was a fairly similar arrangement and I went to church at Christmas and possibly at Easter. Um, but I think at the time I didn't really know it, but I was what I would probably call now a cultural Christian. I, I believed in the Church of England as a, as a kind of institution, as part of the fabric of our heritage. You know, you, you had all the beautiful churches around about the country you had um, the vicar judging the the, the, the marrows in the village fate and um, Morty vicar. And uh, the church was there for when you got married and when you got buried, when you got christened. Uh, and this was part of the sort of the ritual formality that binds our country. And I, th- and I, 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 still, I still respect that element although though, though i think it's it's greatly diminished in our culture um but in my uh, what you might call my normie days i would have made a very good case for the cultural importance of of christianity and of the church of england um just sort of giving giving a degree of shape and meaning to our to our lives but what i didn't really I didn't, I wouldn't say I was an atheist. I know I wasn't an atheist because when I was at my prep school, I remember, I remember arriving at my prep school. I would have been about eight and you get dropped off by your parents and then the the headmaster and headmistress pretend to be all friendly like they do in front of your parents. and And then your parents go and then suddenly you are, it's like being in prison. It really is like being in prison. You are shown to your dormitory and your bed is not 
the comfy bed you had at home where you know when mommy kind of tucked you in and read you a story it's this grim prison prison bed with this lumpy mattress and these these uh, uh scratchy blankets and you're in a in a, a dormitory with these boys who are some of them are crying in their their pillows and stuff and i remember that first night and i what do you do i, I remember saying my prayers and i because i'd seen my my dad when i was very very young one of my earliest memories is is sort of going into my parents bedroom and seeing my father kneeling down mm. by his bed every night he said his prayers and so for me it was not a it was something that you did so i said my prayers um and i wonder now looking back whether a bit like I think that I did myself a lot of good later on in life by being a cross country runner at school mm. that, that, that you, when you, when you, you develop your lung capacity and your stamina at, at, at that age, it stands you in good stead for, for later life. And in, in a way, I wonder whether my prayers put me on the right footing with, with God. And I suppose, did I say my prayers when I was a, at, at my public school uh, at Malvern, prob probably I did. But uh, as you know, there is a, a massive, um, there is a sort of cultural cringe towards Christianity, which I now understand is the work of the devil. You know, what if you if, if you're the devil and the devil does exist, yeah. um, if you are the devil, and you've got this institution, uh, Christianity. How are you going to, going to undermine it? Well, I think if you attack it head on, what you're probably going to find is that people are going to resist and they're going to defend it. They, um, it's it's a bit like when when big government pushes too hard. Mm. It's like I just I just done, done a, a podcast with somebody who's sorry, excuse my digressions here, but I, I quite like a digression. I just done a podcast with Monica Smith and Monica Smith um, got, did 23 days in, in, in um, uh, solitary confinement in a, an Australian prison cell because there's punishment for, for, for resisting all the kind of vaccine mandates. And she was describing what it was like in the state of Victoria and which of all the places in the world probably had about all the places in the West had about the most, most draconian COVID regulations anywhere in the world. And she said that, that there was a protest outside the, the state parliament in, in, in Victoria, um, in, in, in Melbourne, which attracted 600,000 people, 600,000 people. The population, I think, of Victoria is six is six million. Mm. So when you when you discount all the, all the people who are too young to attend or too old to attend, she she reckoned it was probably about half of the uh, of, of the half the half the state was up again up in arms against it because Dan Andrews, their their wicked premier, pushed pushed too hard, and I think it's the same way. The, the devil knows this. The devil's a, a clever fellow. So he knows that that if you want to undermine Christianity, you don't attack it head on. What you do is you 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 make it this sort of slightly embarrassing 
uncool thing and you and you and you you infiltrate the church by making sure that you get priests clerics who don't really they they think that, that christianity needs updating you know that bible stuff it's so old-fashioned it's just like they're not they're not really they're not very very um progressive on on issues like 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 homosexuality and really you need kind of gay marriage to because the bible was was happened a long time ago and we've moved on since then and and oh also you need instead of instead of psalms and and robust hymns written by charles wesley with jolly chins what you need is 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 people strumming guitars and you need to you need to rewrite the service book so instead of instead of having the old liturgy with its with its uh robust sonorous and beautiful language you replace it with this this touchy-feely limp toe rag uh limp dishcloth stuff that 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 that, that, um designed to make you feel awkward and embarrassed and to take you away from the numinous from the spiritual side of things which is the only side that really in fact what you do is you keep the religion but you remove god you remove the key element. And one of the things that's really excited me about my sort of discovery or rediscovery of Christianity is to realize that the supernatural element, the element which has largely been written out of Christianity in our, in our secular culture, is the stuff that really matters. Because God is real. God created the earth. I mean, despite what we're taught at schools, you know, we're taught evolutionary theory is evolutionary fact, yeah. and it just doesn't stand up when you look into it. Um, so my journey of faith has been rediscovering that God is real, that angels are real. Two of my, two of my um, followers, whatever you want to call them, have seen angels. Mm. I know demons are, demons are, are, are real there's a friend of mine who can actually see the demons feeding off people they 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 harvest our mm. emotional energy um once you understand that the this earthly world the materium is 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 merely a kind of earthbound um reflection of what is happening above and in the, in the spiritual realm only then do you really understand the nature of 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 reality yeah can, can I, I i agree and I, when i talk to atheists i say i wish i had your faith to believe in nothing when you see the complexity of, of the world yeah it, it, <laughs> that's a good one yeah. but um can you i'm i'm assuming that when you left school you yeah. kind of left that behind i'm hearing yeah. kind of your your faith as in prayer that ritual was part of the education but when you finish education you you left that behind or did you keep some of that or is it more or less abandoned at all more or less i um i had an interesting period where um when i had children and i every every parent goes through this how to get your parent into how to get your child into a school that is not totally shit. Yes. That is not going to break the bank. I so 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 in the early days, you know, most of us can't afford 
private education for our children. I mean, I, I, I did go private later on, but by, by various means, you know, sort of bursaries and, and, and helpful relatives and things like that. But you think, okay, well, I've got to get them into it. Ideally, a church. I, I can't. I can't do a Catholic school because I'm not a Catholic. But mm-hmm. Church of England primary, and quite a lot of Church of England primary schools know they've got you by the balls. That yeah. they know that this is a way of of um, enforcing uh, church attendance among parents. So then it came down to well most churches are really grim places, and you know, I mean talking about then the model modern equivalent of of talking about zelensky and climate change um that they've got all these values which are nothing to do with 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 christianity so you think well and, and some of them have really long services as well really really boring services luckily uh we had sort of family connections traditions with a fantastic church called chelsea old church on the embankment it was um uh Thomas More's church, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, lots of lots of lots of people have worshipped there, and it had a really a really good vicar called Peter Elvey. Mm-hmm. And Peter Elvey and his marvelous assistant Susan Gaskell, who was this, she she liked to drink, liked to sort of have a glass of champagne at eleven in the morning and with a, with a, with, a, with a few cigarettes. She was she was she was proper old school, and 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 the, and the, and the, the congregation was really quite quite pucker <laughs> and this appealed to my to my snobbery apart from anything else and i like the fact this is an old church and it, and i think it it used the um it used the, the book of common prayer i think and, and so on. but they had this great children's service and in the middle of the service the they had a really good dressing up box and uh, and if you were lucky your children would be selected to be to act out whatever the, whatever the days um uh scripture what the the, um, the the day's reading was and i started taking part in the organ, organizing this and sometimes i would do some of the quizzes where you'd quiz the children on what had been said in the story and testing them and throwing throwing mini mars bars to the child who the, the got it so i got so i quite like this i didn't i, I didn't become a god botherer um, so would, this was your first, what this means 15 years ago, whatever, this is your first step back into the church, is it? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But it, but it sort of reminded me of some of the things that are good about the church. But more, do you know what? At the time, I justified this to myself more on, I remember going back to my, to my, um, my, my school, but back to, back to Malvern and, and talking to one of the few staff that remained from my period there. He was a history teacher mm-hmm. and he was describing to me how children would come up, would, would start at 13 year olds would arrive at the school and none of them would know basic things like the, 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 the biblical stories, yeah. which I think are one of the bedrocks of our culture. And this really matters to me. I mean, regardless of what you think about the spiritual element, uh, we are a Christian country. Um, we, um, our literature, for example, which is poss- possibly our, our, our greatest artistic um, speciality, if you like. Um, our literature is steeped in 
in in religious yeah. learning. I, you know, I mean, I I studied the dream of the rude. You know, Anglo-Saxon poetry is all is is all about about Christ and the cross and stuff. And then you go through to Chaucer and Shakespeare and so on. Milton, obviously, they all have an understanding. They, they, they all they all write on the assumption that their audience knows things like the water in, into wine and all, all, all the stories. And I found it shocking that I was living in a world where this stuff had been written out of our history. Probably probably um, the generation after mine was is the first generation in a thousand or more years um, that doesn't understand the basics of of the Bible. And that was shocking. So I, I saw it as a cultural thing. I, I thought, I thought it was part of my children's education. Number one, and probably also at the time, I believe something which I do not believe now. I thought that the great, um, clash of the, the great war, if you like, was between Christianity and fundamentalist islam i bought into the whole you know i didn't realize that almost all uh, alleged muslim attacks are actually false flag operations mm. masterminded by the dark side um so i thought you know this is it's lord of the rings time there the, there is evil out there and we can see what the evil looks like and and we've got to know what side we're on we're on the side of of, of, of you know, christian Judeo-Christian culture, as I would cause cause it, you know, called it at the time. So I saw I saw it as a as a as a cultural thing rather than as a, a spiritual thing. Can I, so there came a point I want to pick up on that cultural Christianity near the end because it's something I've been pondering about a lot. Listen to a lot of commentators, but for you, you talked about going back to church. There then was there a, a wake up point, or is it gradually when you begun to realize actually the Bible is true, God is real, and that then requires a response from me? That that came later. So I about just before the sort of the the fake pandemic mm. craziness pandemic. Um, yeah, I got very invested in in Donald Trump. I thought that Donald Trump was was going to save us. Um, I don't. I don't think that anymore. I don't. I, I don't believe there are any white hats. I yeah. think they're all, they're all compromised. But at the time, I I sensed that something was very, very, very wrong with the world. And I think a lot of people who go down the rabbit hole, have this traumatic experience in, in some way, whether it's somebody who's who's had all their money taken away by the banks that they thought were, 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 banks were respectable, respectable mm. um, or whatever. My, my own trauma was seeing the leadership of the free world, as I believed it was then, stolen in real time by skullduggery of su such breathtaking um overtness i mean it was so it was so blatant and i saw the entirety of the media which i'd thought of as a journalist of 30 years i thought well the, the media's job is to speak truth to power and all, you know all the things that toby young still believes in 
um, that I, th I thought, well, the media will never allow this to happen. That they're going to point out that, that all, all this, this, this blatant stuff, you know, ballot papers being discovered yeah. by the lorry load filled in and stuff and, and footage from the various polling, you know, counting stations and so on. Anyway, it didn't happen. I saw that the, 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 the mainstream media, which I trusted to tell the truth, was gaslighting everyone yeah. into believing that, that actually this was normal and that, and that this senile, incontinent crook in the pay of communist China and stuff, uh, who'd, never, who'd never even gone on the road because his handlers couldn't, couldn't bear to let such a liability anywhere near the electorate, that somehow this guy, Joe Biden, had, had won. And, and worst of all, worst of all, was all the my the people I'd thought of as, as my comrades in arms, the people who I thought of the band of brothers who were going to fight with me in the foxholes uh, alongside me, and I could trust them to, to, to guard my flanks mm -hmm. because we were all in this one together. Yeah, great battle for, 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 for freedom, for truth. They, they were participating yeah. in in this lie and it was a real real I, okay i mean i was desperately naive i think most of us are though i think because because we're subject to this brainwashing process from 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 the earliest stage you know our parents who, who know no better tell us and that then we then our school schools yeah. brainwashes and then the, the media brainwashes and the entertainment industry brainwashes us so it was re and i i went through this period of about three months where I mean, I, I, I almost had a breakdown, actually. Um, and then you start looking into various other things, you know, trying to make sense of the world, and you realise that the whole world is a lie and an illusion and that there are really, really bad people in charge. And that is the stage where you go from red-pilled to black-pilled. You think, yeah. we are totally stuffed. Um. But then, parallel to this, there were various awakening moments. So I started noticing in my podcast that I, I was starting to, to talk about that I was, I started mentioning God more, and I was starting to talk about being on a, on a mission from God. And I said it half flippantly, but... Mm -hmm. I began to realize that actually, no, I wasn't saying this flippantly at all. I remember doing a podcast with, um, with Jamie Franklin from a reverend pot. Yeah. And Jamie said to me, you know, I've noticed that, that you, some of the language you've started using is really quite, um, you know, religious Christian in its, in its right. overtones. And I thought, yeah, you're right, Jamie. <laughs> what's, what's going on here? There, there were a few other things. Because I, I, it, it didn't. There wasn't a a, a, a sawline moment of sort of blinding realization. It was just. It was wasn't as simple as that. I remember um, I did a podcast with Jerry Marzinski, the the psychiatrist in from Arizona who worked a lot with paranoid schizophrenic hmm. in in in. in high security hospitals and, and, and prisons. And it's worth listening to the two podcasts I did with him. But Jerry 
Jerry, unlike most psychiatrists or prison shrinks who prefer to dose their patients with chemical cautions yeah. and just, just like, you know, turn them into zombies. He actually took the trouble to listen to, to what they were saying about the voices in their heads. And he discovered there was remarkable consistency. And what the voices in their heads were saying was the sort of thing that demons would say, mm. because these things are demons. And he found that the most effective treatment of these decent demons was the 23rd Psalm. Um, so I thought, well, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I get kind of voices in my head. not, 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 not demonic voices, yeah. but well, I mean, I think they are demonic voices, but I think when you, when you say to yourself things like, God, you're such an idiot. I mm. bloody hate you, bastard. You stupid. What, 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 I, I hate you. You really be better off dead. You should die. I hate you. I used to get that all the time, you know, especially with, after a night's drinking or whatever and, and, yeah. and, and stuff. So I started learning the 23rd Psalm and then I learned Psalm 91 and then I thought, you know, I quite like these Psalms. And what I found was that the Psalms made me based, for want of a better word. The Psalms are, are, are a great solace. Uh, and it's not without reason, I think, that that novice monks, the, the first job when they joined the monastery was to learn the Psalter. They learned the whole the whole lot, all 150 of the Psalms. Um, the enemy, the forces of darkness, the Russell Brands of this world, um, they use words. They use words like spells. And the dark side uses, uses spells. Mm. Um, we Christians, too, have spells, but we don't call them spells because that's, but, but that's, that's what they are. They, are. they are a form of magic, but they're holy magic. And when you say the Psalms, you become, you, it gives you, you put on the, the, the whole armor of God that the, the, they, 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 they protect you. They protect yeah. you from the dark forces. And I mean, there were other moments too. I, I, I found that I would have moments where I didn't have a, a, a voice saying, I am God hmm. and and thou art my my chosen one to go. But I but i but I do very much feel, really, really feel that I've I've been given a mission, a purpose. And my purpose is twofold. It's one to red pill people and one to, to white pill people. And I feel really really comfortable about that i don't feel at all embarrassed about i don't feel at all embarrassed about talking about about christianity when, when i go when i go out into the world when i'm hunting for example um and, and it's, it, the hunting my, the fact that i go hunting uh pisses some people off and i say to them okay i wrote a piece about this on substack once i say the world is controlled by satanists who sacrifice children to the devil and you're worried about fox hunting. Uh, yeah. Get real. Get, get, I, I think anyone who's against fox hunting doesn't un, is is not is not actually fit to be properly awake. So they don't get it. They don't get that the war on hunting is part of the forces of darkness's war on humanity generally on on us ordinary ordinary people. It, 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 if you saw how communities are bound by by rural communities, the the the, the economically they're bound socially they're bound the, the the qualities that they instill in the people who do it you know 
courage, camaraderie, um, uh, a love of the countryside. You know, we even love the fox, for goodness sake. I mean, that, that because the fox is, fox is a key part of the deal, and we respect the fox. We like the fox. The fox is our quarry. Okay, he's our enemy in, in, in the sense that, 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 that he's, he... he trashes chickens and stuff and and you know if you've seen if you've seen the hen house after a fox has been in in there it's carnage uh, but uh this what everything's going on in the world right now is a war on on humanity and we are created in god's image and that is why they do it that is why they they they, they divide us in all sorts of ways whether it's through religious schisms whether it's through um, uh, sort of things like animal rights, the division between artificial entirely, I think, create, created by propaganda between meat eaters and non-meat eaters. Almost every division in society is created by the, the, the forces of darkness to divide. I think left to our own devices, we'd all get on really quite well. We wouldn't have wars. We definitely would not have wars. Wars are all engineered by a tiny, tiny, tiny satanic um, class. Um, where am I going with this? I can't remember what the, what the little question yeah, I, Actually, on the Psalms, you talk about the Psalms, reading the yeah. 23rd Psalm, 91st and others. You've just started a series on yes. the Psalms. Gavin Ashton, I think, was the second one. I, I watched that. Um, that's intriguing because the only other person, I think I've seen Alistair Williams do kind of, looking at different parts of the bible it's something that's frowned upon on the as you said frowned upon on the uk it's not the american right that where people are fairly open about faith whether it's real or not so what led you to actually going through the psalms and talking about it because that's quite a step change it puts you out there makes you vulnerable it's outside your lane all of that stuff yeah um they came about me like bees which are extinct even as the fire among the thorns how could you not respond to language like that i mean the 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 language of the liturgy is up there with shakespeare it was written about the same period i mean that i just quoted i hope accurately the, the the psalm i'm just learning which is psalm 118 the one i've been using is I, I started out using the King James versions, the, the, the version of Psalm 23 and his KJV. But then a lot of the, the Psalm translations in KJV borrow quite heavily from Miles Coverdale, who was writing about, he was translating them about 50 or 60 years earlier. Mm. And there's, I think there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a greater charm in his translations and um so those 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 are the ones used in the book of common prayer which were the psalms i learned at prep school or the psalms we sang at prep school and i remember i remember at school at school and i was thinking why why are we singing these dirty i mean okay hymns some of the hymns are bad enough but the psalms you didn't really know what the point of them was they were just but looking back i'm glad that um that I've got these phrases lodged in my head, which I, which I, which I was, it was like having a kind of Proust Madeleine moment where, where I came back to learning these Psalms and, and recognizing these familiar 
phrases which I re resented singing at school um, or, or sort of croaking at school. You know, the fowls of the air and the fishes of the sea and whatsoever walketh through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our governor, how excellent is thy name in all, all the world. Um, that there, there was a point, and I, I, I doubt even our, our music, the head of music, who, who was also the, the, the school's, one of the school's benders, you know, the, the, who used to molest us, um, I'm sure was the case in most, most prep schools. Everyone had a kind of molesty master. Um, and uh, uh, I, I, doubt he was, I doubt he was much of a Christian, not least because he, he introduced with relish the, the alternative service book of the 1970s, that hor horrible yellow band thing with the horrible modern liturgy. So I, he was probably part of Satan's mission. But anyway, uh, the, the, uh, unwittingly, he 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 um, inculcated us with the, with the, the language of 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 Miles Coverdale, which is which has stayed stayed with me since. The Psalms are as I, I mean, I, I'd love to be able to speak Hebrew and, and and read them in the original Hebrew, but certainly in their translation by Coverdale and the the, the team that that put together the uh, the King James version, they are they work as literature. They also work as a form of solace mm. um, because what they do is tell you that however bad things may get, God is is there for you. They're, they're, they're kind of like an, also like an instruction manual. Yeah. Um, uh, it, is, it is better to trust in the Lord than put any confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than, than put any confidence in princes. I mean, if you learn those th those two lines, in fact, w one of them would do. It be a very good, very good manual for living out your life because you wouldn't be putting your trust in Russell Brand, hmm. you wouldn't be putting your trust in Donald Trump, you wouldn't be trusting. You just remind yourself that 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 the most important thing is God, and the better your relationship with God the better life you have because God, God works his holy magic. I mean, all Christians can testify this. All real Christians know that this stuff is not, is not imaginary that they have, that, that there are ways that God helps you. Um, that the supernatural, the crazy stuff works mm. and the Psalms are a daily reminder of this. And so if you can, if you can, ideally learn them because you inhabit them more thoroughly than, than you do when you're reading them. I, I, I mean, I've, I've, I have a treasury of poetry in my head as well. I, I learned a representative poem by, by pretty much all our great poets. I mean, I, I don't practice them as much now because I'm, I'm too busy reciting the Psalms in my head, but, uh, my head. but when you learn, when you learn poetry um, with your, with your stumbling process by which you, 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 you memorize these poems and you, you you get it wrong you you actually go through the process that the poet went went through when when he he, he was writing this the, this this poem and in the same way i think when you learn the psalms you um well you inhabit them and they inhabit you and that is the the lovely thing to have running through you every day 
Yeah, because there are numerous times in the Psalms where it says, tell my soul, speak to my soul. And it is a framework. It it changes your focus, not only the Psalms, but Proverbs, uh, a guide for living and whatever you're going through personally. That is what gives you hope when you're right. If you soak in that, you're infused with that, then that affects what you do. They have They have direct practical uses as well. Yeah. For example, Psalm 91, which is a warrior's psalm. Um, um, it's, um, uh, you know, thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. This, I understand, is, is, is the prayer recited by the U.S. Marine Corps when they go into action and, uh, and probably many other soldiers as well. Um, it, and it protects you. Yeah. It protects you. So that's a good a good psalm to have up your up your sleeve. You you talk about confidence in what the Bible teaches about taking that on, and that becomes who you are. Um, I, I'm curious because I, when I look at the Church of England uh, and doubt and how that fits. I mean, I grew up a pastor's kid, Baptist church. It was certainty. It was absolute. You knew what you believed. Uh, Then you look at the Church of England and kind of there's a lot of fear of offending. And I guess doubt becomes a virtue. Uh, I'm intrigued with, with that, where I like the absolute uncertainty that parts of the church bring to the Bible. It is the word of God. It is true. Where the church vein seems to struggle with that sense of truth well i don't just th- i don't think it's just the church of england i think that that the, 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 all the all the well certain certainly certainly the roman catholic church certainly the church of england probably most churches have been infiltrated by the forces of darkness mm. um obviously as you would i mean if you were devil it's what it it, it, it would be your, your key key target um the pope is is the anti-pope the pope is is definitely batting for the wrong team so is Welby. uh and yet i quite like i'm quite enjoying the fact at the moment that i'm that i am a sort of floating voter in that notionally i'm c of e but I find much that is good in, in the Calvinists I, I speak to and in the, the, the Catholics, particularly the Latin mass. And um, so I, and it enables me, I think, to speak to all Christians mm-hmm. rather than, I mean, I, I love, I love the Orthodox church. Oh, wow. You know, I, I quite like to be an Orthodox monk on, on Mount Athos, <laughs> <laughs> but we could but, do that together. That'd be good fun. <laughs> uh, be, 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 be fun. Um, uh, it, it saddens me that there are these, you, you see it on my, on my telegram channels, the, 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 the Baptists and, and mm. so on and the, and the Calvinists and, and whatever. They think that, they, that Catholicism isn't really Christianity because it because it you know they, they accuse them of worshiping Mary and and, yeah. and and saying prayers to saints and stuff and it's and, and it's 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 a throwback to the Emperor Constantine who never really converted to Christianity that was just fake and that he what he did was he borrowed all the kind of pagan goddesses and and sort of, you know all this and I'm thinking God I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to speak for God. Um, but I have a, I, I have a feeling that God is looking at these schisms and going, you know, guys, yeah. 
lighten up, will you? You, you? You're all doing pretty much the right thing. I, I, I don't believe that he is so picky hmm. that he is, he is saying, well, the, the Catholics, they are just, they are pagans. Look at the Asherah pole they've got standing in the middle of St. Peter's Square. How can they not? No, I don't know. Um, so I, the, the, the other thing I've, I've noticed about becoming a Christian um, is that the upside is the the church, the 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 the, the broad the broad church, yeah. the joy you get talking to Christians about Christianity. Yeah. So, and and I'm I I I, I <laughs> so the other day I went riding, um, and you know you're going to be on a horse talking to people for the next couple of hours if you're on, out on the hack. Mm. And some of them are boring and some of them are not. So met these people and two two women up from London. And uh, I said to one of them, and what's your name? And she said, I'm called uh, Mariam. I said, Mariam? Oh, that's an interesting name. Um, uh, it sounds a bit Ethiopian. He said, "Oh, really? Why?" She said, "I'm not Ethiopian. I'm, I'm you know, originally um, from a Muslim Muslim background." I said, "All oh, right, yeah. Well, Mariam, yeah, I've heard it a lot. It's sort of the Copts, you know. I, I, I kind of like the Copt, Coptic Church. It's really old, and uh, I didn't mention that they've got the Ark of the Covenant somewhere hidden in Ethiopia. But, 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 I said, yeah, I really, like, I, you know, I'm really interested in Christianity. It's, um, it's just, I think, endlessly fascinating." She said, "Oh, are you?" I said, yeah, 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 you know, can't get enough of it. And she said, I um, I was baptized three months ago. And I said, oh, wow. So the whole of the rest of the ride, yeah. we had this great talk about God. Uh, all, all the, in, So that's what I love about Christianity, the, 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 the fellowship. The downside is that you get, lots of really annoying Christians who do things like telling you, hinting that you're not really Christian enough yeah. uh, or c c correcting you on sort of doctrinal inaccuracies. I've got views that I know are heretical. I'm not going to talk about them here because I don't want to get into, I don't want to get stick from, from, but uh, look, I think that, you listen to the words of Jesus. You follow the Psalms. You, you know that the, 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 you've got the creed to keep you on the straight and narrow. Go to church if you can. Um, take communion if you can. Um, uh, we're all we're all on the same team, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Can I pick up just to finish on that cultural? Christianity, yeah. which has been in my head for a couple of years, watching different commentators, politicians, probably more stateside, um, the kind of they yearn for those days whenever Christianity gave a, a moral framework, I guess. And they seem to want the idea that Christianity brings without having the person of Christ. Yeah. And I enjoy watching conservative commentators struggle with that that they want this but they don't and it's like something is so attractive it looks good but yet that relationship with jesus that actually holds them back yeah oh yeah i mean like didn't tony blair came, claim to be a catholic once <laughs> yeah yeah 
I I have my suspicions about other other um, conservative MPs who go big on their Catholicism. Uh, in fact, my severe doubts about any of MPs who play the Christian card mm. because I think they're all basically working for the other side. Mm. I think I think what we've what we saw during during I hate to use the word COVID like it was like it was real, but what we saw was the puppets of Satan just doing the devil's work to the people, the trusting people who thought these were their elected representatives. I don't think that I, I, I look, it's not for me to judge, but I don't think there are many MPs, any politicians anywhere in the world who are not going to burn in hell. <laughs> mm. But what does that, cause I know, I think Thierry Baudet was with you a while ago and he talked about, um, the NatCon conference, and he was very dismissive of that actually being conservative um, and not talking about the big issues. But actually what I took away looking at some of those was uh, that Christianity no longer plays a part in those circles apart from lip service. Is that a, a, a fair enough assessment or disagree with that? Totally. Yeah, I mean, NatCon is definitely another example of the devil at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I the the look that I name me an MP, a politician of any hue, who who talks about real Christianity mm. as opposed to Erzatz Christianity. Yeah. yeah, they they might like the values. They they, they don't really. None of those values involve actually believing in God. I mean. Can you imagine if you asked them any of them about how the world was made? Uh, I can't. I can't. The, 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 all they'd be doing is thinking of the headline that X believes that lol that yeah. the world was made by God. God, everyone knows that evolution is how you know there was Big Bang and then there was this. Apparently, Charles Darwin tells us, you know, one of the greatest Britons as named by the by the BBC so it must be true they, they, they wouldn't go there they just they just they couldn't cope with it oh, 100% um, I had um, Eric Metaxason once talking about the um, the death of atheism and it's a phenomenal book going into the none of this can be luck and chance none of it the complexity of um, of the world just la la final quick question what yeah. what about pushback on you because um, you're not supposed to have a series on the Sams on your channel. That, that's just not done here. Um, kind of what pushback have people said, James, get back to discussing COVID the last three years. Oh, it's not, no, do you know what? I don't get much of that. I I get more. I get the occasional commentator, commenter who has clearly been following me for a very long time in, in, my, in my normie phase where I believed in things like the war on terror. Yeah. <laughs> stuff and they're looking at me now and thinking this guy has lost the plot he thinks it's a, he thinks it's a conspiracy and what's more he thinks the devil's kind of running the show um he he, he needs to you know hasn't he read any history books <laughs> surely he knows that it was the it was the north vietnamese that started the vietnam war you know with their with their torpedo boat attack on the u.s fleet and so so their reference points points are are reference points of those trapped in the b, b system 
all the history books are are written for for the devil's party mm. all the politicians work for the devil's party the the it's everywhere it's all look it says in in 2 corinthians doesn't it that 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 satan is the god of this world yeah and unless and until you understand that you are missing the biggest piece in the jigsaw you just you're never going to get it you you know you can be you can be right about about vaccines that you know that they're that they're 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 bad for you and you can be right about the importance of of bodily autonomy and stuff you stand up all these principal things but until you understand that this is a war between good and evil which has taken place since beginning of beginning of our time on this earth you really don't get it at all frankly 100 percent. that is the piece of the jigsaw people have to get to understand everything else yeah. um james i appreciate you coming on as i said at the beginning i've been wanting to have this conversation with you and, and unpacking so thanks so much for coming along and sharing your story with us well thank you very much i really enjoyed talking about it <laughs> part of my holy mission from god <laughs> Thank you. And I think the last uh, guest you had on the Delling Pod, just for the viewers and listeners that they haven't seen, I think was Abby Roberts. Um, uh, and we had her on after she got arrested for swearing. And Abby is a force of nature. So if people want to catch the latest one, um, it is Abby Roberts on the Delling Pod everywhere and anywhere. So, James, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, Peter. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list. Donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofvoke.org. Thank you for listening.